in the name of Jesus. Amen. Return. Return, the Lord says. Repent. Repent, the Lord says to you. His word isn't just to the people of Israel. His royal decree isn't just for ancient Jerusalem or Judah. His word is for you. He inspires Joel to write it for you. He speaks to you because his word from Joel isn't even just for Ash Wednesday. It's a daily word, for we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. Our hearts are often turned from the Lord. They turn daily and much to other things. Our hearts want things, and then our minds justify the actions we take to get our inner desires. We are in need of daily contrition and repentance, and so the Lord's royal decree rings out. Return. Repent. Come. How often his word falls on deaf ears. Tear your hearts, not your garments. No outward show allowed. The Lord knows that's a bluff, so you can keep doing what you really want to do. Ignore him and his word. Half-hearted apologies. We toy with the Lord and his word and his gifts. We think because life is still relatively comfortable, present global stresses notwithstanding, that we've gotten away with our sins, our lusts, our coveting. Pick a commandment, any commandment. We think his law is a game. We forget that his word of condemnation is the word and judgment of the last day ahead of time for all who'd rather have any of these things more than him. Oh, the Lord wouldn't throw me in hell. Why not? We hear his do this, don't do that, and then we use his gospel to, to say, I don't really have to, do I? He'll just forgive me. I can just keep on living how I want. His law becomes just a minor inconvenience during sermons. His gospel, an excuse and license for ourselves, but we bemoan others who do the very same thing we do. As Paul puts it, do you despise the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, ignoring that God's kindness leads you to repentance? We don't believe his forgiveness. And this isn't talking about others, but yes, them too, but also for ourselves. Forgiveness wipes the slate clean. But we don't act as if it is. Still bargaining with God, toying with his mercy, we live as if we're still in debt, not forgiven. We live as slaves to our sins rather than the free, baptized sons and daughters of God that we are. Besides all that, if we truly 
took the Lord seriously, we'd clamor for his gifts all the more. We'd actually, as Joel puts it, call a solemn assembly. We'd ask for the Lord's gifts to be offered rather than think, do I have to? How much do I have to? Isn't this or that much enough? We'll use the fact that the gifts are free and use that to justify that we don't use them. The Lord's word through Joel is timeless. His accusation against his people fits his people of all times and places stiff-necked. Old Adam is a recalcitrant, obstinate donkey. Yet, the Lord deigns to bring you his word. Return, return, but why? Why does he deign to issue such a seemingly foolhardy decree? Yet even now, declares the Lord, return. Foolhardy according to our standards. But in the wisdom of God, it pleased him to save those who believe through the foolishness of preaching. He deigns even today to bring his law and gospel, his condemnation and vindication, because his word will actually change you. He brings his word to save you, and that gets at the heart of who God is. Merciful. In spite of us, God is truly gracious and merciful. God, the triune God, the Holy Trinity, is love, John tells us. In himself, he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. He is that toward you toward me, toward all mankind. And this is seen in the death of the Son of God. At Calvary, God relents over disaster by taking the disaster upon himself. The Son endures the Father's wrath over sin. He subjugates himself taking on the form of a slave, becoming obedient unto death, even death on a cross. The Lord and creator of the universe, the Son of God, came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, for you. You were bought with a price. Jesus' holy, precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death. He removes the reproach of his people. Their sin, their death, they become his own. You are his own. In holy baptism, the Father brought you into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. 
The merciful and gracious nature of God is seen at Calvary. It is seen and heard at the waters of holy baptism. But it is also heard each time his word is proclaimed, each time his return is preached, each time his, I will not give you shame anymore among the unbelievers, is preached. You sitting here today is the mercy of God in action. But the Lord isn't finished. He knows how much we need him, even though we often don't. And this good news is what he really wants to make known through Joel and Peter as well. And this really silences our trying to work for God and make what Joel tells us all about us and our doing. We need to return because he told us to, partly true. We need to gather because he commands it, partly true. We need to give up our sins because that is what will make us God-pleasing people. That one's not true at all. That's just more toying with his word. The good news is this from Joel. He gives you all that you need for your faith and spiritual life. We return. We repent. We gather. We seek out the gifts, not because of anything to do with us, but because the Lord is gracious and merciful. We gather because he does leave behind himself a grain offering and drink offering for the Lord our God. He gives all you need for your faith and spiritual life. And this includes his being merciful and gracious in spite of us. It includes Calvary, his suffering and death. It includes his resurrection too, all that he does for you. It's the source of your faith and spiritual life. But it's also what he leaves behind. He sends his grain, his wine, his body and blood for you for the forgiveness of your sins. He leaves behind his anointing, his oil, his holy baptism. He has his ministers who stand for you to say, Spare your people, O Lord. His ministers surround you with the shouts and good news of your deliverance in the absolution. And so, whether you're a minister or layperson, old person or young person, nursing infants even, it's all for you. He speaks peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly, the psalmist says. That won't be you but only because of his word, his gifts that truly rescue you from the folly of your sin, unbelief, and even your death. He gives all you need for your faith and spiritual life. In the name of Jesus.